Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show. I'm Eric, joined by Ramsey. Ramsey? How's it going? And Justin via Zoom. How you doing, Justin? Oh, we're doing... Just a little bit of a delay there. All good. And we are broadcasting from the Riverwood Gallery and Meteor Street Valley Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. Another great week of being the Root for Wisconsin show. We've got some stuff to talk about. We've got some business to take care of here first. First piece of business. Again, thank you for everyone who's listened so far. For your suggestions, your comments, anything, everything... Yeah, I, I just uh, we appreciate all the all the listeners and in the and the feedback that we're getting. Uh, keep it coming. You can't have enough. Um, and and we'll try to read them all if we can. You know, all four of them, five of them <laughs> when we get them. Absolutely. So, but no, we really appreciate everybody that's helping us out with this and and uh, c- continuing to try and grow it and and see what we could do with it. Yeah, absolutely, and just want to echo that here further. Um, we really do appreciate it. You know, we're not just echoing those sentiments because it's the right thing to do, which is we truly do appreciate every aspect of it. But there is some things for you for doing so. We like rewarding our friends and family and our listeners, and we do have some prizes to give away. And I say prizes, they're plural. The first being our initial giveaway was the Aaron Jones signed jersey that's here in the studio. And all you have to do to get it entered to win that is share the initial video that we made on Facebook. You can get entered in to win that. There's other things that we've posted that you can have a chance to win with that as well. As the Packers win, you win too. We are adding another prize to give away. And initially we thought we were going to do it as like a prize bundle. We changed our mind. We want to give away. We want to have two winners at the very least as of right now. We are also going to give away a $25 gift card to Quick Trip. Ooh. I know, right? That's what? what I got. A $25 Can gift card. Can I win that one? No, nah, we're still ineligible. Only the three of us are ineligible, though. Everybody Son else is. Everybody else can get in on that, and there's going to be two ways to get in on that. Or three ways. I go to Quick Trip every morning. That would be sweet. That's what I'm saying. So there are a couple ways to get involved with that. One, still go ahead and share the video, because we're going to take two winners as of right now. So go share our first video. You can also share the video we're doing after the broadcast tonight between me and Ramsey. Get in on that. And then there's a third option as of right now, too. And what's that third option you're saying? Well, in case you didn't know, if you go on our Facebook page, we have a new logo. It's pretty cool. It was done by Ramsey's wife, Mel. And we want to express our gratitude to Mel. And we want, well, we want you to do so as well. So if you comment on that picture, thanks Mel, hashtag thanks Mel, you can get an extra entry to win that jersey and the Quick Trip gift card. And as the Packers win, and hopefully we have a win this Sunday to talk about, another chance for you to win, we'll add another prize on top of that yet too. So share the videos, share the page, and comment hashtag thanks Mel on the logo picture. The profile picture. The profile update. picture. Yep. The profile picture. Hashtag thanks Mel. We can get into the meat and potatoes of the show. We start off every episode with what we rooted for, and obviously we all rooted for the Packers. So I'm going to limit that to just non-Packers things we rooted for in the last week. And with that, I'll go to Ramsey first. 
I was rooting for uh, Tom Brady to beat New Orleans. Again? Again. Big Tom Brady fan. Yeah, Not you as are. big as a Packer fan, but love you, Tom Brady. You had Tom Brady last week, though. Uh, that's fine. That's he fair. He keeps winning. That's fair. I, I'm not going to pull from this weekend, obviously. Obviously. For obvious reasons. But I did pull for Tom Brady to end Drew Brees' career Jesus. in New Orleans. Take him out. Go get him, Tom. <laughs> Justin? Wow. I rooted for Max Holloway of the UFC featherweight division to right the ship and kind of get back on track and get back to the um, to the belt, to, to fight for the belt. Um, and, and what a performance he put on. He threw over 700 punches in a 25-minute in a fight. He just was so impressive. One of the greatest fights that I've ever seen. Uh, it was a huge card on ABC, just uh, just a tremendous performance, and, and they couldn't. The UFC could not have asked for a better performance to to kick off their ABC coverage. No, absolutely. I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch the card. I had some other commitments going on with the radio gig, but ab- you're absolutely right. Great time for UFC, especially getting involved in that ABC deal now. I believe it's the first time that a, a live fight's been on ABC since, ABC <clears throat> since the 80s. Wow. When there was boxing going on, back when boxing was actually popular. Um, not that it isn't still, I guess, but it's not on the same level that UFC is now. No. It's really. not even the same that it was probably 20 years ago. Well, the big mm. fights are still the big fights. The problem is there's not really a mid-card anymore in boxing. You right. still have your main yeah. guys like Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Right. Some of those guys are still floating around, but... My turn to go, what I rooted for, and I'm going to take a little bit of a different route this one. Um, with the news today that broke, today being Wednesday the 20th, uh, Philip Rivers retiring, uh, also Drew Brees retiring, really just kind of a chance to look at two great quarterbacks of this most recent era. It's too bad Tom Brady couldn't have took him out, too. <laughs> so, wow. I, I, in a sense, wow. you know, I, I just want to give this chance to thank them. I rooted for them. I did actually probably root for Tom Brady. On Sunday, but you know, want to give them the the notion here and give them the the utmost respect for both their careers. What Philip Rivers did as a whole, never winning a Super Bowl, I think he kind of moves into that discussion as one of the greats to never win one. Him and Dan Marino, not that it's close, and that's ooh, Dan Marino still the greatest yeah. to never win. I was gonna say, but yeah, are we sure Philip Rivers didn't have a better career though? I mean, statistically, he's up there. He, Everything. He played in San Marino. No way. No way. Get out of here. They had twelve that. people. Nonsense. Like twelve. Like I said, just want to show my respect to the two two greats of an era that's <clears throat> kind of past us at this point, and uh, root for them here in retrospect. It was a great game to watch Sunday uh, between Breeze and Brady, even though that was far from the actual premier aspect of the matchup. Uh, we'll get to that in just a few moments, but just kind of looking at two great quarterbacks, and then I, you know, also watching. Just I think all four games this weekend were pretty good. Uh, so I guess I also rooted for great football, and we got it. Yep. So pretty happy with that. Next, we get into going from the positive to the negative, and I know Ramsey's ready to go with this. I'm feeling pretty good about this too. We'll go Tyler here Noogie of the Week award. Nothing more demeaning than a Noogie, and I'll start with Justin. Yeah, mine's gonna be a little. Uh... <clears throat> mine's going to hit home a little bit for, for me. Uh, I'm giving my award, my Noogie of the Week award to the WIAA. Um, 
they so over the week they decided that uh they were gonna you know uh kind of even up all the divisions because of 40 schools within uh the milwaukee public schools and in, in dane county uh that have opted out of the postseason so they have decided to even up all the divisions and and, and uh those 40 schools uh, have caused 138 boys basketball teams to move a division up and 127 girls basketball teams to move a division up. Uh, personally, my, my school was moved up. Um, I, I, I don't, I mean, I get the reason I, I can understand the reason, um, but it doesn't make it any more of a easier pill to swallow. Uh, we run into some pretty darn good teams. Uh, looking as it sits today, uh, we have a little five-team pod that uh, there's not a losing record in that pod. Oof. So, um, yeah, it's okay. uh, it, it's crazy. Uh, one of the greatest stats of this. Uh, of the state of the of the state's coaches poll in Division Four, eight of the top ten teams that are state ranked moved up a division in Division Four to Division Three. So um, it's just uh, it, it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of teams. Just I'm gonna uh, say what you can. I'm gonna say what you can. That's some real bullshit. Just as a whole. Uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that. I mean, the WIA has to make a, a decision and they have to make a direction that they feel is best. Uh, I'm happy that we're going to get to compete for a state championship, but you know, it's just, uh, it's a tough one, tough one to swallow at that point. Can I piggyback off that real quick? Yeah. I think that's a terrible look for high school, like high school coaches to tell your kids that you can opt out of something like that. You kind of made a commitment to playing this year already and you're kind of going to back out. That is not what you should be teaching kids. Like you should finish what you started. Yeah, I have a well, lot. Well, of- to be to be fair, like a majority of those schools, and I would say a majority, like ninety to ninety-five percent of those schools are coming from you know just those two segments of the state, Milwaukee Public Schools, and in Dane County, who have been shut down all year long. So it's, those aren't those aren't current, um, like just opt-outs that that are happening it's just those schools are saying we're not we haven't played winter sports and and we're not we're not gonna play them now so we're gonna be out of the playoffs so it's just just one of those deals covid strikes again and and, uh but you know coach speak says we're glad to have an opportunity to compete for state championship well, yeah. Like I said, we're going to say what you can't say. I think it's kind of bullshit. I mean, I have enough issues with the, the WIA as a whole. I as well. Um, I just on how they're run. I'm not going to get into that in this episode. We can get to that much, much later down the road. That said, I, I'm just not a fan of kind of like taking schools and it's, you know, it's kind of arbitrary at times. Like I get how they can do it, but it's kind of an arbitrary where, you know, you're in the division you're in because of many factors, you know, d- attendance and slash enrollment. And just, you know, kind of locale and to kind of say you're bumping up a division and being put in a different competition, which I get other schools from that division are being bumped up too. So it's in the end of the day, it's not a huge difference, mm-hmm. but at right. the same time, I, I don't know, it just hits me wrong in that sense. 
but yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, even as coming from small schools, you, we've seen the deficit in we're both from the MNO. I mean, aside from me and Eric are both from the MNO, yeah. and we've played up a lot. And it's not as like you know, it's always any team, any time, any place. Like let's go, but mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's kind it's of not, bullshit yeah, too, just not in the as, sense that you know, not saying that's an easy. It's not easy to get to state. You know, I never did it in anything. No. We you know we never even made the playoffs in football from what I played in. You know, we were close one year. But it's it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. But when you make it that much more difficult, again, especially on the small schools mm-hmm. in the rural areas where you're not holding tryouts, you're getting what you can get, and it, it's just I like I said, I, I think it hits wrong. And when you kind of make it even tougher on those small schools who are in the bottom division strictly because they have to be, like there's nothing lower than that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. So I'll say what you can't say, Justin. I think it's kind of bullshit, but. Uh, we'll get into that, like I said, a different day. Ramsey, you have a lot of nuggies to give out today. So first nugget of the week is going to go to Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Jalen Ramsey played like a chump yep. over the weekend. There was a couple times where he's supposedly this all-pro best corner in the league where he was giving up on plays. That long Aaron Jones run. It, he wanted nothing to do with that. Wanted nothing to do with it. Even kind of him throwing the little hissy fit when Devontae scored a touchdown right down there at the end zone. Jalen Ramsey would be better than that. You're, come on, that's you're supposed to be this special talent, which you are a special talent, but don't give up on plays either. Yeah, I know. I tweeted out because I think I was actually agreeing with Skip Bayless on something. Skip Bayless is going after Jalen Ramsey. You can take the guy out of the Jaguars, but you can't take the Jaguar out of the guy. <laughs> I like that. And yeah, like I said, I just wasn't. I mean, is he an all-world corner? Yes, he's an all-world football player, all-world athlete. Mm-hmm. Not a great mentality in that game, especially as they kind of started to fall behind. He gave up on plays. There was I, I remember two or three different plays that he kind of just was like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm just going to... Also, real talk, Devontae Adams before that, in, in the pregame, walking up to him and saying, hey, let's give them a show. You follow me all game. Challenging him directly to the point where several Rams teammates had to come up, defend Jalen. The referee had to walk Devontae away. And then still caught a touchdown on him. Had, I, what was it, nine catches for 76, I think he came up yeah. or something like that. Good game for Devontae, that's for sure. Yeah, no, total baller move on Devontae's part. Kind of a soft move for Jalen and then how the game played out. Okay, so you have more than one though, right? Uh, I'm going to go with my other noogie of the week. I'm not going to do the third because it's probably a little bit mean. But number two is our waitress at Parker Johnson, right? <laughs> So, oh. in, in in fairness, she was in training. She had somebody else with her through most and, of the night. And, you know, I still left a very nice tip. I, I, I understand what happened. However, we went and got chicken wings at Parker John's. As we do our pre-production meeting is at Parker John's on Wednesdays. If you want to stop and say hi, we'll be there. Anyways, so I made my chicken wings, and I never got silver brought out. Boneless chicken wings. Boneless chicken wings. Never had silver come out, so I had to eat it with a toothpick. And yeah. at the point that she kind of came back, Eric's like, hey, can we get silver? She brings back two. So there's three of us that go. So Justin doesn't you have, usually have a chance to join us. So it's myself, Ramsey, and our buddy Josh. Shout out Josh on the podcast. Yeah, shout out Josh Bonas. He'll be listening to this but probably Friday, Friday morning. Friday morning at work. So today how things worked out, I get there after them. I had to work till 5. I get there, they had already ordered our food. You know, props to them, guys. They're starting to eat. I get there, 
they brought my food out of the kitchen because they had already ordered for me. Props to just or to uh, Josh and Ramsey. Justin, you too. I don't know what you had yeah. to do with it, but props to you. I'll take I'll take all the props I can get. You know, I mean, shit's not going very good right now, so props right now is pretty pretty handy. Props so to thank props you, to Justin. Yeah. Props to Justin. <laughs> so <laughs> I get there and I see these guys eating with toothpicks. You know, because they come the wings come with a toothpick. And I'm looking at them like, what the hell are you guys doing? There's like, I sat down and I didn't. I just kind of looked and I'm like, there's no silverware here. So our waitress dropped off her chicken wings and she said, okay, bye. And never came back till you got there. Yeah, didn't come back till I got there. Which I mean, they weren't too too far into their food. Well, but far enough where it's like okay, like usually you come back and check right away. Yeah. Well, so, let's let's be let's be honest about it. I mean, when Big E shows up, that's that's when typically all the ladies show up. So, <laughs> I mean, that that's true. It's a fact. I, I'm just saying. Anyway, that's, anyway that's a fact. Anyway. <laughs> It happened today. The waitress showed right That's back up. True. It's true. She was a lovely lady. So I get there. Can I get you, Biggie? So I get there, get my food, and she comes right back right away because she asked me if I wanted something to drink. And that's kind of when I realized when I was about to like get into my chicken wings, there's no fork here. So I see them using toothpicks, so I start using my toothpick. She comes back in my bush. I'm like, hey, can we get some silverware? She's like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. Comes back. There's three of us sitting there. She brought two forks. Or two, like, because they come in, like, a paper, not, like, a, like a like bag a cloth kinda. sack thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, it's, like a, like, a knife and a fork. She comes back with two of them. <laughs> so, Josh and I take them. Ramsey's come into the toothpick method. And then, so, it's all-you-can-eat wings on Wednesdays. So, shout out Parker John's. Yeah, delicious restaurant. <laughs> Go check them out. Comes back. Ask us if we want to reorder. We did. So, brings back the second round of wings. Still no fork for Ramsey. <laughs> And then my toothpick broke halfway through the wings too. So not oh. only was not only did I have to eat my wings with a toothpick, because I was kind of committed at that point, but about midway through my first set of wings, my toothpick broke. So I was using half a toothpick to eat my wings. And then I still continued to use the broken toothpick after the refresh on the wings. And I'm just committed at this point. So the lovely waitresses at Parker John's, you guys had good service. You guys were good. Just Make sure to bring silverware for the entire table <laughs> next time. Silverware. Silverware. And Minor inconvenience in my life, but yeah, really a first world problem and a half. And like it wasn't even like the worst thing that's ever <laughs> happened, but No. Far from it. So that brings me to me. My Nuggie of the Week. I'm gonna actually give it to Sean Payton. And Sean Payton gets the Nuggie of the Week this week. For the sheer fact, I mean, all year long, he has used Taysom Hill. You know, in times it called for it, and also times that it didn't. Like, he was just using Taysom Hill to use Taysom Hill. He used Jameis Winston on one play, and they scored a touchdown. You did not see Jameis Winston the rest of the game. To me, using Taysom Hill as much as they did, and Taysom Hill was out with injury this week, they used Taysom Hill so much, and then Jameis Winston, who got not a great all-time quarterback by any means, has a problem throwing to Bucks players. Like, why would you not have him out there? Hey, you know... Can't he doesn't like throwing the Bucks players, so <laughs> you have a great option there. You used him for one play, and to me, so Taysom Hill, besides it being like an ego thing for Sean Payton, it kind of proves to me that you know that Drew Brees at this point he can't throw the ball for an entire game, and that's what it is. What it is like that's not a bad thing. It's just it's kind of you know coming it's, towards the end of his yep, career. He's in the twilight of his career. Point. May or may not be retiring from kind of what's happened 
Um, you know, before the game was reported that he's going to after this season, he kind of walked back from that after the game. But it really all signs kind of point to him retiring. But I then, saw a tweet today from Ian Rappaport that said that he was retiring with Philip Rivers. Well, like I said, he he hasn't confirmed. He walked it back after the post game, and hasn't really committed to it one way or the other since then. So either way, like I said, you you don't know or you don't really even think that he can play a full game. He's still probably playing injured, and you use Jameis Winston for one play. He scores you a touchdown. You don't go back to that well at all. Then as the game goes down the stretch, Drew Brees throws three picks that essentially put the game away for mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Yeah, noogie the week to Sean Payton. That's it's simple as that. You got in your head too much. I get that you want to have, sh- you know, Drew Brees is that or was that guy. He still is a guy, and I guess at the end of the day, you you live and die by him at the same time. But in terms of winning that football game, you have a touchdown with Jameis Winston on a deep ball that looked good. Too. That looked good. That was a nice deep ball, and he can see now too. Not only does he not like throwing to Bucks players, he can see now. He had surgery on his eyes in the offseason or contacts or whatever. So he can see now. Why was he not? Like I said, I, I just have an issue with the fact that if you want to actually win that game, you give him at least a couple plays if that's been your mantra all season. And they gave him one. And then they lose the game by 10. In part, if not mostly, because Drew Brees throws three picks down the stretch. That end up all leading Tampa Bay points, and then the game ends up being a 10-point game. I think that Drew Brees at this stage in his career is just where every other 40-year-old quarterback, aside from Tom Brady, is at. Where you hit that 39 to 40 range, that happens with all of them. They kind of fall off a little bit of a cliff. And that you have to force the ball out of their hand. Like You know Aaron Rodgers right now is making the ball look effortless coming out? Drew Brees looked like he was trying to force the ball downfield. Well, with Drew Brees, get it there. With Drew Brees, the arm strength isn't quite as there as much, which means that when you don't have that much zip on it, you're still trying to make the same throws that you, your mind is seeing, your brain's seeing. They're not going there as fast. They're not as accurate, and that's causing you to have you know your defenders are getting better jumps on balls, better reads on balls, mm-hmm. and. In the arms not there, you start start you stop you start to stop trusting the arm. Yep. And you start kind of getting into the mental aspect of it. Well, when you get in the mental aspect, then your reads aren't always there first either. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of double check on reads, and that's when it's all downhill from there then too. So at times you're questioning decisions, and then the ball's not getting to where it should be at first, and then the ball's not getting there because your arm can't get it there right away when you double back on it either. So you have all these opportunities, and they're just they don't end up working. So this isn't a knock on Drew Brees; it's just it is what it is. But for Sean Payton to not realize the the situation in the game, and at the very least, like I said, Jameis Winston is not a he's not the same pro or Pro Bowl Hall of Fame sure thing that Drew Brees is. But he can throw the deep ball, mm-hmm. and you know he can throw it at least decently. And to not to not go there at all, other than one touchdown, not a good look for Sean Payton and the Saints. Yeah, I think I think uh, you just talked me into something that I'll probably bring up a little later, and, and probably how Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball down the field will really affect how 
how uh, Tampa Bay's defense plays against us and how mu- how different it could look uh, than it did against the Saints just because of that simple fact right there. Yeah, so, you know, we talk, we t- we're talking a little bit about Tampa Bay. We're going to preview them pretty heavily here in a little bit. So before we do that, let's kind of look around the state of Wisconsin. Uh, another solid performance since last recording from the Wisconsin Badgers. Go in, rebound from that tough loss against Michigan. Beat Rutgers. They are winning at last check at the time recording. So good news from the Badgers basketball. Nice way to rebound. Uh, Green Bay Phoenix women go 2-0 this weekend. Uh, the men team will go 0-2 against kind of their... Per, probably the perfect matchup against them right now was Detroit Mercy, who they played on Saturday and Friday. Um, Detroit Mercy hadn't played in like 22 days or something like that because of a COVID situation as well as a mental health break. Friday night, they came out gunning, shot seven, made 17 three-pointers in the game, shot like 65% from three. Simply put, you're not going to win too many games when that happens. That's just the reality of the situation. Green Bay plays yep. them better Saturday. Um, I think they ended up losing by three. So that is what it is. Um, so that's the Green Bay Phoenix. Marquette's still kind of hanging around, doing Marquette things. Milwaukee Bucks took a loss to the newly formed uh, Kyrie Irving-less Nets on Martin, Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Back in action tomorrow against the Lakers. Good good kind of litmus test for them early on here within a week going between the Nets, which is probably their biggest competition in the East, and going to the Lakers, which is probably the biggest competition in the NBA. I think the Nets at this point are not... they got to be the favorites. No, they're not deep enough. They're not deep enough, and they're not good enough on the defensive side of the ball to win playoff games at this point. I think they're probably the Bucks' biggest competition. But when the refs start swallowing that whistle a little bit in the postseason in the NBA, James Harden becomes a little bit less effective. And for what it's worth, Kevin Durant also... Both those guys don't really like being touched all that much, and they get touched a little more in the postseason. So I don't think they're quite deep enough. And you're going to have to hope that Kyrie Irving is on his game and there mentally at that point. He's playing well tonight. And I was going to say, Kyrie Irving made his first start coming back tonight um, in Cleveland, so they gave him a nice little tribute there you know, for the championship in 16. The first time he's... Actually, they're losing the Cavaliers right now. Are they really? Yep. 101 to 89 at the time of recording. Jesus, I would not have predicted that. Kyrie Irving is 10 of 15 for 25 points. I can't complain about that, though, out of him, though. James Harden's 3 of 8 with 10 points. (laughs) Good for him. Good for him. So that's kind of our quick look around the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Justin, how's the high school team doing? Besides the obvious Uh, COVID uh, situations and whatnot. uh, It it was going pretty good. Uh, We we, uh, got a, a a big win on Friday night uh, against the uh, St. Thomas Aquinas Academy out of Marinettes. Nice. We won pr- pretty handily off of that. 40-point win, I believe it Ooh, was. Let's go. And then, uh, and then the next day, the following day, we played uh, Crandon. And Crandon is a, uh, is, is a team that and what we were talking about previously is a legitimate D4 team. Started the year as a D4 team. Not only that, but they've made it to state in D4 the last two out of three years. All um, right. All now, right. Now they have they have a couple of kids 
that are uh, that returned off of that squad, but we uh, we we led pretty much uh, a good portion of the second in half. We were up 39-34. Uh, they they came to charge back, and uh, they took a 48-41 lead or win from us in the final minutes. It was 44-41 under a minute. And we had our we had our chances, forced some turnovers, got to the free throw line, and we missed some uh, front ends of one and ones, which oh, that's you can't do. Them. Yeah, you can't do when you play good teams like that. Yep. So um, they might be the one seed in our little pod, but you know to to play to play a team like that that good, uh, um, and and to uh, think that we can beat them is uh, encouraging. So we, you know, a pretty good week all in all. Excited about it. Um, unfortunately, uh, we got shut down by by the COVID. Uh, another team that we played had had a case, so we are off of practice till Tuesday, and then we play our first game again next Saturday. All right, so, let's go. Yeah, unfortunately, a little time off, and maybe a little, maybe a little like All Star break for for UMBA fans, and, and, and maybe it's just what we need to make a run. So excited! Well, yeah. not that, not that there's ever a good loss, but that sounds like not that that's a, not a, any loss is ever good, but that sounds like a good right. loss. There's such things as bad wins and good losses. I think. yeah, so yeah, I mean, and if you play a state team tough, that's always a Feather in the cap, you know. Well, it's a good thing to have kind of going yep. down the stretch is, hey, we know we can play with them. We, we know can we can beat them. them. Yep. That's always good. Exactly. You know, you don't want to complain about that whatsoever. Exactly. You know, obviously exactly. having I mean, that as a win you, to point back to, but just kind of, you can still point back to the game either yeah. way. You and, can look at it in a positive light or a, a negative light, you know, just uh, we choose to to look at it in the positive way in, in which you guys are talking about. and. Hey, look, we're probably going to get another shot at him, and yep. we're excited for that shot. So Here we go. All right, so we kind of looked around the state of Wisconsin. Before we get into our Packers heavy talk here, quick trip around the NFL. Packers win Saturday to start things off. Great for, you know, another good win. Getting to that in a little, just a little bit here. We look at the other games this weekend. Start off with, it was the Bills versus Ravens Saturday night. Um, at no point where I don't think the Bills were ever in question of winning that game. I came away from that game feeling really good about the Bills. It was a sloppy game at times because you know the weather and everything like that, but pretty good win for the Bills in my opinion. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a little bit underachieved this year. Oh yeah, I think they're probably the most talented team in the league from one through fifty-five. Like I think they were, they just didn't put together. Then COVID really hit them hard too, right there a few weeks ago. So, good season for Baltimore. Yeah, all in all, good season for Baltimore. I think the better team won. I agree. And uh, on to Kansas City for them, which will kind of go right into that game then too. I know Justin might have had a comment in there, but we'll kind of let him piggyback here because we'll go AFC to AFC. Browns, Kansas City. And, you know, we've talked about Baker enough on this show. We're not going to really get into that too, too much Ooh. here. The franchise quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Mr. got sent home in the playoffs. <laughs> wow. By the, 
by the Hennessy. Oh, my all God. All. all in all, pretty good game. Browns had a chance to come back in that one after Mahomes goes down, gets a couple stops. Chad Henney throws probably the worst interception I've seen recent times. Just airmailing it. I, are we going to start this conversation right now? We are. We are. So, for those of you who don't know, Browns end up losing the game, single score game. I don't remember the exact score. I want to say 22 to 17, I think. Yep. Maybe, I thought so. Yeah, it was five, right? Yeah. So, Browns lose. Um, at one point, you know, they score a touchdown, make it 22 to 17. To get, to get it within that, it was 22 to 10. Score a touchdown, need a stop. Patrick Mahomes goes out with a concussion. Chad Henney comes in the game. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Cleveland's actually got a chance because I don't think they're going to either, they're not going to trust Chad Henney to put a drive together. So they're going to try to run the ball, take as much clock as they can. Cleveland's going to get the ball back. Well, big swinging dick Andy Reid <laughs> decides to drop a play to put a ball in the end zone, put the game away, which I don't hate as a whole. Maybe not the time for it, but I don't hate the idea of it. Then comes the execution. Shad Henney airmails the no. ball. The ball floats in the Cleveland safety's hand. Interception in the end zone. It wasn't even close to the receiver. No. Like he camped under. He probably could have fair caught if that was a thing. But so one of the shows I listened to throughout the week, I think it was Monday. They were talking about the Cleveland Kansas City game and. Uh, I forgot the guy. I, I'm sorry. Whoever said it deserves credit, and I just, it's evading me right now. Anyways, his point was Andy Reid won the Super Bowl last year, so he's playing with a little bit of house money. Yeah. If he even on on the fourth down play, which we're gonna get to here in a second, but even on that deep ball, if Andy doesn't get that, no one's gonna blame him. They're like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is out. You're playing to win. No one can really blame yeah. you, right? So he kind of was just playing with a little bit of house money. Let's it rip a little bit, and like I said, I don't have an issue with the play call. I know Justin's going to say some stuff about the play call here in just a second. The play call doesn't bother me. It's the decision from Chad Honey to throw that ball, and then again to not even be anywhere close with the pass. I think I think so. I I, I just I don't think the play call was bad. I think the timing of the play call was atrocious. I mean, was it wasn't it like third and like fourteen or third and twenty one or something like that? I don't remember the distance. I know it was third down, in, so it was essentially actually punt. They were actually on their side of the field, on the brown side of the field. So you pick up seven, eight yards and, and make it a fourth and manageable, you have two options there to to go for a field goal and make it 25 17 right right and, and to and to um and to and to make it you know almost virtually incredibly hard to to tie that game up and depend on baker to to score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion so that's that's the main reason i hate it a, it's third down. Uh, they should be playing that deep. And, and B, the guy, you, you know, you, you just got your world rocked by losing your all-world quarterback, and, and now you're going to go back on a seven-point seven, seven uh, 
foot drop and, and throw a bomb just because you want to show how big you're swinging. Now, on the other side of that, at the end of the game, the guy swings big. He hits it big. It, what a play call. Great play call. I revert back. I think I said this in the group chat. I said, if Andy Reid does not have a Super Bowl, does he make that call to to do that little out pass to Tyree Kill at the end of the game? I don't think so. I think he punts it and he puts it on Baker Mayfield to to drive his team all the way down. And Ramsey, you said that to drive the team all the way down the field and score a touchdown. So, so I'm gonna- uh, I think there are a couple points there that that were well taken that we said in the group chat right away. Um, but uh, just to to put it in motion, the uh, the call on third and fourteen. I, I don't think you put the guy in that situation. It, it was a bad call, and I think you play for the field goal. So did Andy Reid tell you what he thought about Cleveland, though, on both those plays? Did Andy Reid tell you and say, hey, I really don't think they're going to be able to run score? No. I think that's I what mean, he told you. I, and I don't necessarily think that's the right train of thought because Cleveland was playing – adequately at they that had point. the momentum at both points of that right so i'm saying absolutely but andy reed again is a lot smarter than all of us right he's probably outside of belichick yeah. probably the best football mind in the last really? 20 years i don't know that's if i go for, that far he's up there but that's up for that's had, up for discussion i mean he's hosted but, three title games at home twice only coach ever did on both sides it's true yeah i mean well, so and i'm saying I, we haven't had our shot that though, Ramsey. So I'm, I'm just saying, I think that Andy Reid's probably <laughs> one of the better football minds that Ever. I've seen. Right? I, I, Again, he up until yeah. last year, he was arguably the best coach to never win a Super Bowl. He gets his ring, which I think is a fair point of discussion. If he doesn't have that ring, does he play him a little more conservatively? Whatever. I also kind of I'm really putting that last fourth down on Cleveland. I mean, nothing in the world so that they were going to snap that ball. But you still have to be, you're professional athletes. You still have to be ready for them to do so. And at no point, like Cleveland wasn't ready from the snap the ball. They had the same mindset that the announcers and everybody else in the, yeah. you know, watching the game. So I, I think that fourth down's a lot on Cleveland. I mean, also Tyreek Hill just being faster than literally anybody else mm-hmm. on the field. Yeah, that's a, that I helps. Mean, you, you look at that play call, and that's a, that's a play that, unless you know exactly what the play is, that incredibly hard to stop. I mean, I don't. You could have, you could have, eleven all pros on the field at that time to, to uh, try and stop it. And maybe, maybe once out of ten times they're going to stop that. I mean, just, just incredible. And, and, and to add the, the fake of oh we're not going to snap it. We're just going to run the clock down and and then call timeout and punt this motherfucker away. It's just, uh, you know, you saw the memes on Twitter about, I think it was the South Park one where Randy Marsh in the wheelbarrow. Randy Marsh in the wheelbarrow. That's what we're going to say about that. Balls in the wheelbarrow and stuff, yeah. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) we'll just say it. (laughs) But no, yeah, so takeaway from that game, uh, great win by Kansas City. Better team won that game too, I think, as a whole. I think Cleveland put themselves in the conversation of being back in that position next year. 
as a whole, I don't know about that. I don't know if they're going to be back oh. to a divisional round. But either way, a playoff team. I don't know if they win a game. You know, you know who Cleveland reminds me of this year? Go on. The, the Buffalo Bills of last year. And I think I think what you're watching is a team growing up. And I thought last year you were watching a team in Buffalo that's growing up and look where they are right now. I mean, you you saw a quarterback that wasn't quite ready to to compete. I mean, and you have to realize now that that uh, they played well in the playoffs last year, but they weren't quite ready, and so. Now this year they turn around to get the playoff experience and and look where they are they're they're a game away from from a Super Bowl so uh, I th- I don't agree I think I think Cleveland is here to stay I think they have a roster that is finally competitive enough to where they can start retooling it in the right way to to uh, have longevity they found a quarterback that will at least at least get him there. Um, if you think so, I, I think he's on the verge of franchise to elite, uh, just like Josh Allen was last year. I know he's got a prickly attitude that not many people Ramsey, uh, don't like. Um, but you know, I, I think there's an awful lot of similarities between those two teams, uh, the Buffalo Bills and Cleveland Browns. No, I never really thought about that. That's a great way to put it, and we'll kind of wrap this up here pretty quick just to get into the Packers here. But, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think they're on the door. I wish Ramsey was as easy to convince things of or argue with as my former roommate, Austin Schmidt. He, Austin, I love Austin. He would he would bring up a point. You would disagree with him. And be, yeah, you're probably right. Ramsey's not that way. That's why he's on the show. Mm-hmm. But, no, I, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, it's... This is an important year for Cleveland as a franchise to really see where they're going. To see how they rebound from an 11-5 and season, kind of meeting some of those expectations they had a year before, seeing where Baker can grow another year in the offense, and seeing what this team's going to be. This is a very important year for them. I, I don't know if I say that they're at the championship game next year, even maybe in the divisional round, but I think they're... I think they're, you're right, Justin. They made a lot of big steps towards that, and they showed a lot of good stuff. Ramsey? So I guess I got two points on this topic. I go back to my the Baker conversation, and we're not going to be a dead horse here, but I don't think Baker does anything special. And at this stage in the NFL, Saban came out and said not too long ago that defense is dead, right? So to win nowadays in the NFL, you need to have an elite quarterback. And I don't think Baker has elite qualities and or traits. I would say probably his best trait today is leadership, but leadership doesn't equate to football talent. My other point, I guess, would say is I think this is probably going to be about as good as Cleveland's roster is going to be. Next year, they might be able to run it back, but the following year, I think you're going to start having to pay some of these guys that are on really team-friendly contracts. And I don't know if they're going to get better than what they currently are. So next year, sure. Could they be a championship caliber team? Sure. But you got to remember, they're still going to be playing in a division that is probably one of the toughest divisions in football. And really the toughest conference, because I don't think the Bills or the Chiefs are going anywhere either. Yeah, it has to run through Kansas City and Buffalo. 
Miami's obviously going to be better next year. Ravens aren't going away. Ravens, I think, are going to be better. Pittsburgh, depending on what they do. At quarterback. They're, they're probably going to be back. Miami's better next year. I think, depending where Deshaun Watson goes, that could be a big... Well, Indianapolis, Indi- I mean, they'll have a new yeah, quarterback. But they, depending on who they have at quarterback, they'll be in the conversation. So If they get Stafford there in Indianapolis, that's a team to watch. I mean... There are a lot of rumblings about Stafford or, I don't or think Wentz going, going to Indy. It's just uh, with the new coach that the, the Lions hired today, Dan Campbell. I don't think Stafford's going anywhere. I don't think you take that job yeah. and be in a position where you can say, "Hey, you know, this is like the really the one thing that we can build our team around." I don't think they're in a position to give that away. Do you realize Stafford's like what thirty three or thirty four? Yeah, no, like he's young. He has another three, five years left, probably. Well, right. But my point being, like, I don't think you hire an offensive-minded coach and like Dan Campbell, and go and trade your franchise quarterback away. I just, Which, I don't think that's what you do. I love that hire as a Packer fan. That is a good hire for Detroit. I don't think so. No? He's never been a coordinator. I, I still think it's a good hire though. His highest position was offensive assistant, the head offensive assistant, head coach, or something like that. Under Sean Payton, he, wasn't he the tight ends coach? Yeah, that's what I'm... Or something like that? So, yeah, good for him. I'm glad he got the job. I'm not sold that he's going to be the answer in Detroit. No, he might not be the, the quote-unquote the answer, but I think he's a good head coach hire in the sense he's got a lot of energy. He knows how to rally guys. He did step up in some bigger roles as an interim coach. Yeah. I think he'll he'll do the job. I think he will bring the Lions some success, at least maybe the second year. I don't know. I'm not saying that they're going to be a playoff team next year. You know, we're not going to see an immediate turnaround like we did with the Packers. But I, I like I said, I don't hate the hire. So we get in those. I don't, I, I don't know what you build around. I mean, the it's it's they're a weird team. They're a weird franchise. They don't they don't seem to have a direction. Are they are they going through a youth movement? Are they building for the now? Or you know, that's. That's something we could talk about in the off season. They'd be an interesting yeah. cover, but we'll we'll definitely get in that in a different episode. Before we get in the Packers game, um, we started just a little bit about Tampa Bay, San, uh, New Orleans. Again, you know, I, as the game went on, I went from thinking New Orleans was the better team, and being not scared to play them, but kind of hoping Tampa Bay would come back, to thinking that we're actually going to get the best matchup for us in Tampa Bay. In terms of the you know for the Packers, and I could eat those words in a week, and you know if things go wrong, they go wrong. It is what it is. But I don't, I don't think the Saints would have been a bad matchup for Green Bay either. I mean, the special teams would have scared me a little, but special teams don't win games though. Special teams loses games. Well, look at our special teams though. It'll lose. That said, lose you games. That said, the Saints. I mean, really, as that game went on, I think the it shook out the right way it needed to in terms of the better team winning. Um, I think the Texans, or the, fuck, I keep doing that. I can't think Buccaneers. of Buccaneers. I can't think of the Buccaneers for whatever Got reason. Got Deshaun Watson on your mind. I do. Um, the Buccaneers were the better team in the game. They really, you know, without, they didn't dominate the game. They did enough, though. And whoever would have won that game, I don't think was in a great position. I mean, it was a good defensive game at the start. Yep. And the Buccaneers' defense prevailed at the end because of Drew Brees' mistakes towards the end. We kind of touched on that a little bit earlier, but 
it was a fast game. It was a good game to watch on TV. And then, like I said, I think the better team won. I think that's really what that game comes down to. And whoever's coming to Green Bay is coming to Green Bay. Well, at this point, too, even when the playoffs start, you're playing playoff teams from now on. So it doesn't matter who you're getting. Every right. team is good. Like, right. So, yeah, I think uh, Tampa Bay was the superior team. I think Drew Brees really showed his age at game 18 on the season. Well, it was the second half of the game, too. I mean, the first half, they're firing on all cylinders. The special teams looks good and sets them up for points. Uh, you know, the Kamara wasn't doing too bad. I, I don't remember what his final numbers were, but he was making, you know, spreading out the field mm-hmm. and allowing the pass game. Michael Thomas didn't have a catch. That's amazing. I just, like I said, I, I'm not sure that he was healthy. I don't think Drew Brees was healthy. Right. I think the those ribs were probably still bugging him a little bit. Right. And you could just see it. He looked like he was... 40 and... The, the old adage, you know, you go out on your back. All those guys. Yep. You don't... Peyton Manning doesn't happen. Like, the, the old quarterback doesn't get carried to the Super Bowl very often. Yeah. So, it happens. That's the way it goes. Yeah, hats off Drew Brees. Uh, you know, best of luck in retirement if that's what you end up doing. That said, we have a game to talk about. We have a game to talk about. The Packers took care of business against the Rams. Looked pretty damn good doing it. No game at no point. Granted, it was a single score game at one point. At no point, I don't think the game was ever in question. And then right when it right when it might have been, Rodgers hits Lazard on a fifty-eight yard strike. And a couple things to talk about just quick before we actually start talking about Tampa Bay here. Um, I, I've heard a lot of pun. There's a lot of kind of people talking about two sides of their mouth on Aaron Rodgers' performance. I thought he was sharp. I thought he was brilliant. I mean, I mean, there was a couple balls he missed. I mean, that first drive or I, second drive, excuse me, to MVS, he misses one, misses a couple of Lazard here and there. However, the first, I what he started three of six. He had three drops right on those first. I think it was two drives. There's three drops. Right. You can't. That's not Aaron's fault. That was balls and people in the hands and they. Anyway, like I said, he missed a little, but you still have to catch the ball. I mean, that's your job. Yeah, exactly. That's you gotta make a play. And so we we touch on that. And you know, there's a lot of people. Who, so like I said, I think he played sharp. I think a lot of people out there saying he played sharp. A lot of people out there saying he wasn't as good as he has been all year. Which, if that's the case, then Tampa Bay should be shitting their pants right now. That was also the number one rated defense in the league. Yeah. Like, let's not forget that that's that's a solid defense. Right? They weren't necessarily all the way healthy, but that's probably the best defense that played over the weekend. Didn't allow a sack against them. Didn't allow a sack. And like I said, that's out of all the teams that were playing, that was probably the best defense that you saw over last weekend. Aaron Donald got frustrated to the point of uh, getting chippy with Elton Jenkins right away. Elton Jenkins yeah. making him his bitch. Elton Jenkins is the man. Aaron Jones oh. needs to get paid. I, I, I'm I on pay Aaron Jones. I wasn't there for a little while, but you watch the Packers offense, it flows through Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon starting to come into his own a little bit now, too. Justin, well, I think I think the biggest the biggest thing. Uh, well, I'm just going to revert back to to uh, the Tampa Bay in, in New Orleans game for a second. I got two takes, just real quick. Uh, the first one was what a dime that Jameis threw to uh, to what was the Smith down there on on that trick play, 
And then the the second one would would be uh, at the end of the game when Drew Brees is talking to him and he says, uh, "This is your team now." So I th- I think the writing's pretty much on the wall. Uh, and excited to watch famous Jameis back down in New Orleans and, and to get that start. Now to the Packer game, I think the uh, I think my biggest uh, my biggest uh, key. Last week, in, in what I said on our podcast here, is that um, the the key matchup would have been Aaron Donald and, and, and Elton Jenkins, and Elton Jenkins was just a stud. I mean, I, I mean, they need to get that guy a ten year contract right now and, and pay him, uh, get him set there for for however long next to Bakhtiari. I'm just I'm trying to remember. The last time that when you don't have um, so-called um, household names on that, that offensive line, when the Packers have had such a great offensive line uh, to protect either Favre or Aaron o- over the last 20 or so years. I mean, they are just playing some stellar football right now in, in both aspects of the game in, in in the run game, in the pass game, they're opening up some some gashing holes. Uh, I, I think the the key this week will be getting to that second level and finding those speedy backers and and keeping them off of our backers. Uh, but I, I just I thought I I didn't think it was Aaron. I didn't think it was Devante or or Bobby Tunyon or any. I thought it was our offensive line that that really kind of just won the game for us and and, and kind of just made it feel like sure it might be one score but you know we got we got old number 12 in the back pocket and we're controlling this game right now so yeah and really you look watch. at that game two possessions kind of get out of their hand in the third quarter and stall out for a little bit but then like i said you know things bounce their way literally bounce their way and rogers picks up that fumble from aj Dillon, dives forward yeah. sets up the 58 yard bomb the next play. Aaron Rodgers, th- this team as a whole, I mean, you there's shit atmosphere there. They're having fun. They're smiling. They're you literally have Aaron Rodgers on the line of scrimmage laughing before a play happens and he hits a touchdown. Like I mean there's there's really I think Devontae said it best when the only thing that's stopping them is them. Yeah. And we we'll get into the matchup here. So Packers, Tampa Bay. Rodgers versus Brady for a chance to get the Super Bowl. Granted, they're not directly playing against each other like that, but it's kind of like the starting pitcher, you know, quarterback versus quarterback, finally for a big game. It's not in the Super Bowl like we all had hoped for so long, but it's a chance to go to the Super Bowl, so it's the next best thing. So lots of storylines coming in this game. Um, One fun one that came out today is the Packers are probably going to sign Tremont Williams, who played for Baltimore last weekend, on a technicality. So the Baltimore Ravens waived Tremont Williams on Monday after the game. He wasn't under contract under the 2020 season. He had signed on later. And so he was only under contract for the single year. He was a free agent to be. They they decided to waive him for whatever reason, because usually they just let him become a free agent. They waived Tremont. He's a free agent. Came to Green Bay today on a private jet. He's expected to sign should all physicals and whatnot go through, which... yes. Tremont Williams, first of all, that is a huge move for the secondary because instead yeah. of having Shannon Sullivan in the slot or Will Redmond, you, you have Tremont Williams. Williams. So now your three-headed corners are going to be 
King on the outside, Jair on wherever he wants to go, mm-hmm. and Tremont Williams in the slot, which is where he played a lot of last year. Isn't Tremont Williams awesome? Like, he goes away for a little while, he just always comes back. Yeah. So, you know, that's a huge move. Don't Because it's not official, we don't know the corresponding move. I don't know if that just means keeping um, Jared Valdir on, on COVID list, because as of today, he's still in the COVID protocol. So we don't know where he stands on that. But the Packers are still going to break history with the first player to play for two teams in the same postseason if Tremont Williams ends up signing and playing, which looks like he is. Also, just a quick second here, um, the Cavs and Nets are going to overtime now at the time of recording. So just that popped up on my phone. So just want to get to that for a second. But um, yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, Tremont Williams being back in the fold. Again, huge move for this defense. Just kind of prove that Brian Gutekunst is out here playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Kind of exploiting loopholes in the CBA. Give that man a raise, huh? Pretty much at this point. So, key matchup there, you know, against this very talented um, Buccaneers offense between A.B. Is A.B. playing this week? We don't know yet. I he, heard that he was, what, day-to-day as of now? I, I believe that's the case. He was we'll, holding out a media that up. today. I don't think he's playing this week. Well, no, I don't. I know he had an MRI on Monday. And it That's... came back negative. Right. He was uh, held out of media attention today or media access. So I think he's today day-to-day, but so he'll probably play, but he's probably not going to be 100%. Even if he doesn't, there's a lot of talent behind him between, you know, Scotty Miller and just the weapons that Tampa Bay has. Tampa Bay has weapons. That's really? that's right. I mean, the two guys that were already there in Evans and Chris Godwin. And you then. add Antonio Brown, you bring back Gronk. Lots of lots of talent there. Um also update on Antonio Brown uh was not seen during the media viewing portion of practice. Vita V, defensive tackle for Tampa Bay was practicing today. I know he was brought back off injured reserve. So, kind of an update there. All in all, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I, I do believe Green Bay comes victorious. We'll get into some of those keys of the game here in just a few moments. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul also not practicing today for the Buccaneers. Field play. Everyone practiced for the Packers. So, good news on that front. So, we start with kind of looking at how we started this last week is... Where things can go right for the Packers, and we'll start with you know the last time they played it was a thirty-eight to ten game. That was week six, coming off the bye. Have the Packers improved enough? And it's a yes or no question, really. But have the Packers improved enough to win this game? I think the answer is yes. The offense is firing on all cylinders. They're not turning the ball over. You look at that game against Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers had two, inter- two of his four interceptions in that game. I don't see that happening again. And that directly led to 14 points, so I don't see that happening. I see them, you know, holding on to the ball, the offensive line playing better. They've kind of meshed together as a unit that they weren't, not that they weren't at that point, but they're a lot better off. Not going to turn the ball over. The defense is playing better as a whole, too. I don't fear that game. What do you guys think? I also am not fearing Tampa Bay this week. I think that the defense, like you just said, the defense has been playing better the last few weeks. That's big. Ever really since that Tennessee game, the defense has been playing well. 
above what they have all season. I also don't think that Green Bay is going to turn the ball over twice. They might get one turnover, maybe even two, but I don't think it's going to lead directly to 14 points. They scored like 14 points last time in... That's 20 seconds. Yeah, it was... I was going to say 30. It wasn't... It was right in a row. That's a big demoralizer. On top of that, I think... Green Bay had a bad half all year, and that was the bad half. Like they played bad for 30 minutes all season. I think they got out of their system. They think they were getting a little feeling themselves a little bit, you know. Well, if you look at that game, Ramsey looked at that game before. It was 10 to nothing to start that game. Mm-hmm. Packers were up 10 to nothing. Driving down the field, Rodgers throws the pick six, comes back the next drive. I don't think it was the very next play, but it was pretty quick after it almost throws another one. Then it sets up a two yard run. So 14 points kind of back-to-back, and then you're down 14-10, and it's it's not over, but it feels over. It was – the game just fell out of hand at that point, and it shouldn't have, but – Right. Justin, do you think the Packers have improved enough since week six? Well, I think their – I think their offensive line has definitely improved. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much they've improved, you know, in the quarterback area or not, you know. I mean, sure, Aaron had – his worst game, but like like you said, I was going to make that point was <clears throat> we jumped out to a ten point lead right off right off the bat, and after we did that, it it kind of looked like I, I don't know if you guys remember, but kind of the uh, the chatter that whole week was no team can run on on Tampa Bay, right, and, and it it seemed it seemed like once we got up. 10 to nothing, it, it was in Matt, Matt LaFleur's uh, DNA to prove that we could run the ball all over Tampa Bay. And it, it turned out they got to stop, and then and then, uh, then it, it, we got the ball back, and, and then obviously the two turnovers happened, uh, two, essentially two pick sixes um, that, you know, it's just – you know, if you predict that in a game that's going to happen on Sunday, you're you're crazy. So, um, I think if you if you talk like that, then of course I think we've improved. I think our offensive line has improved. I think it's great. Uh, I I know that a, a lot of people are talking about uh, Vita Vea coming back and how big of a run stuffer and game changer he is. Well. He He's hasn't not Aaron played Donald. in an awfully long time. He's not Aaron you Donald. Know? You know? Yeah. Right, right. And, and he hasn't played football for a long time. And he hasn't, you know, played in the cold in a long time. So I, I don't know how much I believe in the cold talk. I mean, I think it certainly does affect uh, some some players. But, uh, you know, what? I'll ask you, there's not a goddamn soul on this earth that wants to go stand out in, in 12-degree weather and, and throw and, and run into, you know, cinder blocks all day long. So Yeah, as of right uh, now, I weather think, forecast. I think it affects both teams. Weather forecast right now for Sunday. High of 28, low of 19, 50% chance of snow. Most of Saturday coming into Sunday and earlier parts of the day throughout Sunday. So that really speaks well for... The weather prediction, I mean, granted, we're still five days out, mm-hmm. but a lot can change. But that's kind of been the, you know, it's been looking more and more likely for snow as the week's kind of gone on. So, you know, I, I took a chance today, you know, I was looking through Facebook and I came across an article that uh, 
10 Reasons the Buccaneers Could When It Was Written Somewhere, I think the Tampa Tribune or something like that. And they kind of pointed to some things that we're talking about here. And, you know, they talked about, I don't, they don't think that Aaron Rodgers can keep not turning the ball over, which, I mean, he's done that all his career. He doesn't throw picks. And, you know, knock on wood, hopefully there's not any fumbles or anything like that that's out of his control once it gets to a receiver. But the, the offense doesn't turn the ball over. They don't really give up pressure in the middle because that's what they said, you know, um, in the articles that they, you know, how long can Green Bay keep this up? Well, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, just kind of, you know, like I said, I was looking at this and I was just kind of rebuttaling each point. Um, they were pointing to Tom Brady being 14-2 and two in games that are under freezing. And most of those being in New England, he doesn't play well on the road. We've seen that when they were in Tampa Bay. He didn't really play great against New Orleans, at least to start the game. So, you know, you kind of look at the two games that have occurred already. Washington, I don't think he was the better quarterback in terms of stats and everything like that. Last weekend, he was the better quarterback, but you really can't. I mean, that was kind of more against Drew Brees than anything else either. So that on that front, I'm not too, too worried about Tom Brady proving that point either at this point. I think the Packers' defense is better than what he's seen so far, too. So while we're on the topic of Tom Brady, um, he did not look as good as he has on over the past weekend. He, and even the Washington game as well, his velocity isn't what it was three years ago. Right. That ball's not coming out. He's having to force the ball downfield a little more than what I think he has traditionally in the past. So, and Tom Brady got himself in a couple, a little bit of trouble on Sunday. He had some lame ducks that kind of came out there, and the Saints didn't make the play. Well, you know, and I know they talked about this in the broadcast. The Saints dropped a couple of interceptions that they had made against him in the other matchups. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, all the Tampa Bay people, are they're pointing back to that week six game, 38-10, 38-10, well... Shit, if we want to play that game, let's look at the time you guys got boat raced against New Orleans and I think what week ten or week eleven they got they lost thirty to three on Monday Night Football. So if we really yep. want to play that game, Tampa Bay, let's play that game. Well, in Christ, they lost they lost to the Chicago Bears for Christ's sakes. You know, right. I mean, <laughs> you lose to the Bears, how bad are you? You can make that argument all day long too. So I mean, look. If you look at it, it's probably the top two teams in in the NFC. We're gonna get to see it. It's an, it's great that Aaron finally gets his shot at home. Um, you know, Matt's got to call a perfect game, and and you know our running game's got to come to life to help Aaron out. Or otherwise, uh, I'll tell you one thing though that I really think. Is that that uh, Buccaneer secondary is really underrated? I think those that they've got some some future studs in in that Carlton Davis and uh, I was really high on Antoine Winfield Jr. coming out of college. Uh, we got to see him a lot at Minnesota, being Wisconsin fans, and, and he was a stud for a long time. and And I think he's probably uh, one of the most underrated rookies that uh, is playing in the NFL this year. So, uh, you know, we got to help Aaron with the run game. Our offensive line has to prove what it is. And uh, if, if that happens, we could uh, we could be booking a trip to Tampa Bay. 
I sure, I sure think we are going to. I sure hope we do. Um, you know, a lot of things going right for the Packers right now. I like I said, I don't see them losing this game. I really don't. I mean, on all cylinders, like I said, the offense is firing. The defense is playing better. Um, they also pointed to the fact in that article that I was reading earlier that the Packers don't get home, and you know the the recipe to beat Tom Brady is to rush the passer. Well, look at how good that worked. You know they got sacks when they needed to last week. They got sacks when they needed to against Chicago, against Tennessee. They stuffed the run. I mean that's essentially almost like a sack in that sense, as it's you know not really a positive play. They've bolstered the defensive line with Snacks Harrison. They've gotten guys back healthy. They've, you know, the secondary's playing better. They just bolstered the secondary potentially. Like, I really don't see anything happening. Plus, when Lil Wayne comes to your side, makes a freaking hype bomb hype Ugh. song. Who got pardoned, by the way, today. Yeah, pardoned by President Trump, or former yeah. President Trump at this point. And Definitely makes a banger of a playoff hype song. I listened to it all day. You are not Saturday. losing. All day. That was on repeat pretty much all day. Getting hyped for the Packers game. So let's talk the real uh, the real talk here. Which version of green and yellow is better? The first one in 2010 or the new one? The first one because it came with a Super Bowl. So if this one comes with a Super Bowl, are you changing your mind? Probably. Justin? I haven't heard the second one. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, Justin, what um, are you doing with your free time? You had so much they, free time here to listen to that on Saturday. They, 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 failed, they failed to play that on country radio. <laughs> so um, I, I, I didn't really get to hear point. it. Uh, so I was I was also in the midst of trying to win a basketball game. So um, and then church, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a good good church boy on Sunday mornings, and, and so I just didn't really have a lot of time. Uh, wasn't uh, didn't you play was a little... in Marinette? What didn't you play in Marinette? <laughs> no, we we played at home. Oh, okay. You're lucky. We played Crandon at home. Okay. You're lucky. Yeah. So, but uh, but you know, like I said, they didn't play it on country radio. Otherwise, I probably would have got a little a little sniff of it. And do people still listen to the it, radio? Uh well, you know, cheap cheap bastards like me do. Yeah. They should be listening to the podcast as they're driving around That's places. That's what I'm saying. They should be listening <laughs> to the podcast. If they're not listening hey. to the podcast, they should be listening to Little hey. Wayne's New Green and Yellow. That's right. That's Maybe that should be our new, uh, uh, our outgoing song. Since we have the intro song, we should have a uh, wrap-up song. I don't know if we can do it. that legally. We are going to have a rap song in this one. Uh, or, you know, a wrap-up song in this one. But I don't know if we can do that part of it legally. That... Yeah, but anyway. Send it to Wigga Season Assist. <laughs> but no, it is a banger. Yeah. I don't know if I say it's the... That is true, Ramsey. I mean, if it if we do get sent a Season Assist, that we'll means st- people are listening we'll to stop. us, which is great news. <laughs> we'll stop no, at that see, the, prob- the problem is when you submit this thing through Spotify and Apple and, and Google is that it automatically goes through like a sensor, and I don't oh. want to get sued <laughs> or you have an episode come some... down. You're just a bubble burster, E. I'm just telling you guys the logistics of the things you guys don't see. We get see. 30 seconds. I'm just saying. We get fair I play of 30 seconds. I don't think that's the move on this one, guys. We get, we get 30 seconds of fair play. I, I'm just saying that's not the move on this one. <laughs> we will play it. Probably ad nauseum no. after this win. 
This is the Andy Reid strategy. No risk it, no biscuit. No risk it, no do, biscuit. Do it. 30, we don't have that Super Bowl yet. 30 so. seconds. Let's throw the ball deep. We we're, get 30 we're seconds. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. I'm making we, that executive we, decision as got, producer right I now. I mean, we've got we've got little Wheezy on, on the outgo, on the outrun here. We just got to be the Chad Henney to throw him the ball. Not doing it. Not I'm, doing with, it. I'm with Coach Dahl right Not here. doing it. Then we're on to the next part. So we talked a lot about the positives here, about what could go right with this game. As Wisconsin sports fans, we have to look at the the pessimism here just a little bit. I mean, do the pack? Do I think? I don't know. Gun to my head right now. If the do I think the Packers win? Yes. Could they lose? Possibly. I mean, it is a game. They have to play the game to win. Tom Brady could go. You know, he's got a lot of weapons. They could spread the ball around. Packers secondary could kind of revert back to what we kind of expect them to be traditionally at this point. That could suck. They could, you know, really get to Aaron Rodgers. You know, a couple picks could happen like it did the first time. I don't see that happening this year. You know, last year when the Packers played the 49ers in that championship game, my first thought was, well, I don't think it can go as bad as it did last time, and then it did in that championship game. Night and day different team. I think that Green Bay today, I think they were the best team over the weekend. They looked the best. Right. They played the most complete game. I think they probably have the most complete roster as of today. I mean, Kansas City's secondary is spotty sometimes. Buffalo gets way too Josh Allen dependent. Right. I mean, if you look at the Ravens game, the Ravens outdid them on rushing, passing, and I think yards per play or something like and that. That was without Lamar Jackson for most of the right. game. Right, so the Ravens out produced the Bills, so I think the Bills are a little too Josh Allen dependent. And I think Tampa Bay, I think that they have a weakness in on the offensive line and their defensive secondary. I agree with Justin. I think there are some studs back there, and I think give them a few years, they're going to be a lot better. As of today, though, that secondary, if I'm Tampa Bay, would still freak me out just a little bit. Those guys are playing pretty aggressive, and all it takes is one veteran receiver to get a little crafty with them. And they, you can get burned when you play aggressive like that. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that uh, none of us have really brought this up, uh, especially with how the first game went. But I think I think the biggest key for for the Packers to uh, win this game is to neutralize those two two linebackers, Levante David and and uh, what what is Devin David White, White? I think David it is. White. Yeah, Devin White. Devin uh, White. Those two, those two guys together playing on the field at the same time are um, just outstanding football players. I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, though, for all, I, I would take uh, you know uh, anything that we need to do to stop those two guys. And, and you know, Todd Bowles, he, you get he's going to bring the pressure and he's going to make Aaron not feel comfortable in the pocket. And if we neutralize those guys, let Aaron see the see the field. Um, I think it's I think it's the Packers game all day long. If we get into a low scoring, you know, grind it out type of game, you're really gonna see who the who 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 the goat is because you're talking about uh, last possession type of game with uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And how awesome! I mean, how awesome would that be? I mean, that's me. That's that's drama TV, 
Uh, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope by that time it's uh, 55 to 6, the Packers. Yeah, but, I hope we're uh, Stone Cold Steve uh, Austin and some, some Bush Lights at that point. Just getting ready to play that yeah, trip to Tampa. Yeah, but. and... and and I think I think on the other side is is uh, our linebackers. We they've got two two uh, two big assignments. You got to stop Leonard Fournette, a big boy in the cold. Which you know I understand that the Packers have proven they could do against against probably the best back in the league in Derrick Henry. Uh, but there's something to be said when you have the weapons that they have on the outside. Plus, you need to take a guy. In in cover Gronkowski with him, um, potentially opening up that gut. So um, I think uh, a big a big one is going to be Kenny Clark against Aaron Stinney. The uh, who, by the way, Kevin the new... Kenny Clark didn't play in the last matchup either. Yeah, so I that's a huge that's a huge statement right there. I mean, you're talking about probably one of the top five defensive tackles in the league. Right. I mean, he's paid that way, so he's got to play that way, especially in a big game like this. So and you're talking about Stinney, who's a guy they just called up from the practice squad a couple weeks ago. That's playing big, big minutes for him. So I think that's huge. We have to win that battle. We have to get pressure on Tom Brady uh, to not let him see down the field. Um, you know, just kind of kind of what I'm saying is the vice versa thing. Whoever uh, allows the quarterback to see the field better is going to win the game all right so we kind of have a feeling about where we're all leaning on the game so i'm going to kind of make us do some official predictions here and who do you think we end up seeing in that super bowl game if you pack the packers or even if you don't where what do you think as those potential matchups here for the super bowl i'll start with myself here i see green bay winning i don't you know if i had to be you know held to a score or a margin uh, well, I, as of right now, the, the spread's at three points. I do see the Packers covering that. I could see that being something like 28-24, and, you know, being at that close. I could see that game being 28-17 or 31-17 or 31-21, something like that. I could see that game going any of those kind of directions, but I do see well, the Packers Christ, coming. Eric. You, you covered every goddamn score in the book. What well, are, I'm just what saying, are me and Ramsey they, cover, supposed to they cover the three points. <laughs> and I do see... I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs and the AFC. I think the Bills could beat them, but I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. I think that's a three-point spread as well. I think they cover as well. So I'll go Packers-Chiefs Super Bowl. Ramsey? I'm going to go with Green Bay by five so 20 25 25 30 31 something like that i think it's going to be 31 31 26 26 i think that's what i i think that's where you're going to be i think green bay i said this we talked about on monday i think green bay should have been probably a four and a half point favorite not a three and a half point favorite so I, I think it's going to be a three-and-a-half to – I think it's going to be a five-point game. So whatever your five-point game is, I'm, I'm going to go, yeah, probably 31-25, 31-26, something like that. And I would have to say I, I don't think Kansas City is as good as they were last year. And 
I, you know, I would probably have to say Kansas City, but I think there's going to be an upset. I think I've been saying for the entire playoffs, I think there's been an upset every single week. I'm going to stick with that trend. I'm, so I'm going to take Green Bay Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, you got you got to have a little homerism in 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 this podcast business. So uh, I'm going to go with the Packers, and then uh, I think they're going to end up winning this game in uh in a in a weird fashion of 24 14 i think the uh defense is is going to uh allow some things but it's not going to be i mean it's kind of the way that the that the packers defense has been playing you know this bend this bend 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 and and uh you know somehow some way they find a way to get a stop and and not allow the other team to score it's kind of weird uh, i don't entirely trust our defense um but i you know i i think a rod at least puts three touchdowns on the board for uh for us and and then maybe add a running a running uh touchdown in there somewhere um on the afc side you know that this is such a question i i think at at the time of this we don't necessarily know if if patty mahomes is playing or not so he's this playing, is though. kind of like, risky he's playing they came out and said that it wasn't. It I looked a lot know. worse than what it was. He did practice limitedly, so he's in the concussion protocol still. Uh, but he was at the point where he can practice, like doing physical stuff. So he is progressing along. But I mean, there's no way he doesn't play. Yeah, and I know that's not ultimately his decision either. I mean, that's also kind of on the independent neurology and all the the fancy stuff of that. There's no way the NFL lets them play without Patrick Mahomes. The yeah. The reports that are coming out, like I said, they said it looked a lot worse than what it really was. Um, they said it was closer to him like getting knocked out, not concussed, if that makes sense. Doesn't. But anyways, <laughs> I, I, I will take I will take I will still take uh, um, Kansas City. Uh, I just think the only thing that changes is the score, really. Uh, if Patty Mahomes is playing and this is kind of the confidence that I have in how far ahead uh, Kansas City is ahead of the field of, of the, the rest of the AFC. If Patty Mahomes is in, I think this is a 35-14, 35-17 game. If Patty Mahomes isn't in, I think it's I think it's like, a, like I said, 24-10 kind of defensive struggle. But uh, you know the running game, the the, spe- the special players that uh, Kansas City has on the side, on the outs, and uh, so you know I just I just think it's just a, a matter how bad of a beating that Kansas City is going to hand hand uh, Buffalo if Patty Mahomes is in or not. I'm a little surprised by that. I think that's actually going to be a pretty close game. It opened at what? It opened at three. Opened at three. Is it still at three? Do we know? We can check. So I believe it's still at three. While we're checking scores, another score coming down the line here. Badger basketball winning against Northwestern, 68-52. I really think that Buffalo's dangerous because they haven't lost. They lost, what, one game off of Hail Mary this year? That's their last loss. That's their last loss they had. I would. They've been hot. They've been finding ways to win. I think they're excellently coached. Josh Allen's special. That game's still at three three points. Both games, as of right now, right are three. at three points per Caesar Sportsbook. So, 
I, I yeah, if someone told me Kansas City, that's not gonna surprise me. I, I just think there's gonna be an upset between one of the two games. And I think the more likely upset is Buffalo over Kansas City more so than Tampa Bay over Green Bay. Yeah, all right. So we wrap it up. A couple things here. Uh, first, we kind of missed it last week. I didn't, uh, the answer is pretty obvious. We're all rooting for the Packers, the Badgers, Brewers, Bucks, you name it. Someone challenge us once again uh, what we are rooting for and not Packer related. I'll start first. Conor McGregor this weekend. I am so night. excited for that fight. Probably going to end up watching it in some capacity. If you can't get excited about Conor McGregor fight, whether you like him or not, he is good for the UFC. If you like UFC and combat combat sports, he is good for the sport. And Conor McGregor mm-hmm. kind of getting back to that main event picture, always good. So I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for another weekend of uh, Green Bay Phoenix basketball. And I'm going to leave it with that. I don't even know what I'm looking for. The only thing that's on right now really is the NFL for me. So I know obviously Packers. I think I'm going to be rooting for Buffalo to take out the champs. I'd like to see Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a great matchup. I don't want to hear about the State Farm Bowl for <laughs> two weeks. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. That would be pretty gosh darn annoying, wouldn't it? You know, this overhyped up, jacked up State Farm guy who, you know, he's he's not he's not anything what your local State Farm agent looks like, you know? Like, get this guy out the screen. I like but, State Farm, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I like, I like, well, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, never mind. I, uh, I, I, I am, uh, you know, you stole my answer there, E. I, I, I was going hot with the uh, UFC over the last couple weeks. Um, but I, I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna surprise you. I'm gonna go co-main event uh, of of 257 here this weekend. It's uh, Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler making his debut from Bellator uh, in the UFC. So uh, I I am rooting for Dan Hooker, who uh, last fought against Dustin Poirier, who's fighting Connor uh, on Saturday night. But him and Dustin Poirier. Um, had probably the the best round of the best round of fighting in the 2020. Uh, it was just a knockdown slug them type of fight, and uh, I think I think Dan Hooker is uh, is a, a damn good fighter, an up and comer that uh, that's going to put on a, a a very good show on Saturday night. So I'm I'm rooting for Dan Hooker to. Uh, Got to turn it around and get back on the, and get back into the uh, the title contention talk. Rams, any parting thoughts here? Go Connor. Go Connor. All right, so that's going to wrap up the show. Another reminder just to check out our Facebook page. You know, thank you again for all the listening and you know check out our Facebook page, share the two videos that we'll have up, and comment hashtag thanks Mel on the profile picture for her awesome logo she made for us. Awesome all the way around, boys. Hopefully we're back, possibly Sunday night or next week, Wednesday, celebrating a Packers win and a trip to the Super Bowl coming up. I'm Eric. That's Ramsey and Justin. We're the Rupert Wisconsin Show. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google, and RSS.com. You can check it out there. You know, one kind of little secret trick. If you subscribe, uh, you'll get notifications of the show coming out on Friday mornings. 
another great episode of the books, guys. Thanks for listening, and we are out. Thanks, Mel.